Good morning, uh, Rehope Glasgow. Um, to people who are present here and to people who are watching online, um, today the message, um, both this morning and this evening, is on the peace that Jesus brings, um, which, as I'll talk about, is the antithesis or the opposite of the stress that the world provides. Um, we've heard from Micah, um, Isaiah 9 verse 6, uh, will be appearing on many a Christmas card over this festive season, um, whether from Marks and Spencers um, or wherever you buy your cards, if you've not bought the church cards. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Um, so I'm Russell. Uh, I'm actually the eldest elder. Um, if I want to irritate Shagan and Brian, I talk about people who are our age, and they're very quick to point out that I'm um, a good number of uh, hours older. Um, usually when I'm speaking to this many people, um, it's not in court, um, but it's to the medical school, and I'm talking about hormones, um, talking about diabetes perhaps, uh, and I'm really within my comfort zone. Um, and for many ways, speaking about peace and stress, uh, for me, isn't really my comfort zone at all. Um, I've got one medical slide, but for uh, any surgeons who are present, I'll, I'll take it slowly and talk you through it. <laughs> in, in 2017, um, Susie and I read the uh, passage from Micah and prayed, uh, like Anna and Chloe, um, and the message was given by, can anyone remember? By Kelly, yes. And so Kelly introduced us to the Ingraham term, the weep and sow market, um, and gave a really a really simple, very practical um, and phenomenal um, lesson on, on the rhythms of peace through the festive season and beyond. Um, the year before, the preacher was Brian. Now, if you can't remember what Brian said, don't worry. Um, I mentioned it to Brian on Tuesday night. Brian couldn't remember either. Um, but Brian spoke about the gift of peace, the message of peace from John 14, which I'll come back to, and the way of peace, a steadfast trusting in God, a soul-refreshing Sabbath, and keeping in step with the Spirit all of which I'll come back to because there's, there's nothing new in this. So why do these messages resonate with me so much? Well, I've long recognized in my life um, that I'm peace light. I like a Diet Coke rather than a full fat Coke, but um, I would rather have a full peace life rather than the peace light life that I, I found myself in. So earlier on in the spring, Brian probably doesn't, doesn't realize all of this, but um, we, had the, we had an elders meeting. Brian brought out the preaching schedule from the year and said, Russell, could you speak on the 2nd of December. Now, at that point, I didn't know Aberdeen would, would be playing in the cup final later on today. Um, but the other thing I didn't know at the time was what the message would be on. And so I said, well, what's the topic? And he said, oh, it's the Advent series. It's on peace, hope, peace, joy, love. It's on peace. So I wrote in my diary, um, uh, so we're actually having some food together. I wrote in my diary as they were making burgers. Um, Jesus is the Prince of Peace from Isaiah and whereas Russell is a sultan of stress. Um, and I thought, well, actually, this is pretty good because I'm going to spend um, the next six, seven months really thinking about what I'm going to say, praying over it, uh, reading through verses in the Bible about peace, um, praying about it. The Holy Spirit will help me. This will be really good for me. Little did I know how 2018 was about to unfold uh, and how critical the theme of peace in my life would be. So to try and unpack what the dynamic, eternity-changing, lifestyle-challenging biblical truth of peace is um, has really been something integral to my year as a whole. So the ancient Jews had a brilliant word for peace, shalom, 
Um, and this, in comparison to the English definition of peace, is a, is a very different entity. So if you Google peace, you get 815 million uh, hits, um, but the, our society's definition of peace is freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Um, many of you will be aware of the chewing the fat um, sketches where the, guy, you know, the salesman's always offering insurance so you've got total peace of mind. If you're buying a washing machine, another 50 pounds for the next three years, you've got peace of mind that if one of the 45 parts breaks, you can have it repaired. But the peace in the Bible is very different. So shalom signified a day when all of creation would be restored and made whole. And for the Jews, the hope of salvation was wrapped up in the coming of a savior who would open the door to peace. Um, the Greek is irenio. Brian can tell us how you really say it later on. And it speaks again of shalom, of a larger and more complex transforming peace, of wholeness of life or body, a right relationship, a covenant established and related to Yahweh, and of fulfillment as in life in all its fullness. So back 2018, so I'd always thought that I was pretty robust. Um, there's a picture of my entire family here. Um, so I'm married, um, father of four, I've got a dog. Um, I work as a doctor in North Glasgow with some colleagues here. Um, I've put wires into people's hearts. I've seen people die. Um, I've saved lives on occasion. Um, I can ski. I've played rugby and cricket. I'm married well over my station. Um, I've run 14 marathons, served in national committees. These are the good bits I was aware of. I was aware of the, the bad bits too. Um, I know that I'm the type A's type A. I'm the OCD's OCD. I've got the message on my phone and my iPad on a, on a bit of paper and uh, I have an Excel sheet for most things. <laughs> I'd also, in 2012, had a, a life-threatening illness. Um, I lost the vast majority of my circulating blood volume. I ended up having to get telescopes where you wouldn't want to have telescopes. Um, and I've also been through the pain of a divorce, as many of you will know too. So I thought I was pretty robust and resilient and had good bits and aware of my bad bits and my limitations. But several things unfolded over the next five months, which really showed me that uh, I was lacking in shalom, peace, and I needed a better and more tangible idea of the peace that God gives and how to live life in its fullness with that shalom peace. So three things happened. Um, the first thing was I got notification from the General Medical Council that my fitness to practice was being investigated. Um, so it came, like a, it came like a huge envelope in the post, but it came like a shot in the dark. And that led to waking up at two or three in the morning thinking, you know, will I be able to pay the mortgage? Um, will I lose my job? Uh, I spent a long time training to, to become a consultant. Is that, that's all gonna, that all might go? And the biggest issue for me was the fact that it was actually an erroneous complaint that came to me as head of department, and it was a patient that I've never seen. Uh, so I felt this was unjust. But regardless, the mechanisms that are put in place to um, protect doctors and patients were in place, and so the whole process continued with weekly emails um, looking at my prescribing and everything that I was doing. And the lack of justice really got to me um, at that point. And at the same time, this slimish mid-40s marathon runner uh, also developed feelings of my heart racing, palpitations and breathlessness when I was running or, or biking. So I kind of ignored it for a long period of time. And uh, then I finally went, and I've got a slide of my 24-hour blood, blood pressure profile. Um, you don't really need to be a, a doctor or a nurse or a pharmacist, um, just really a human being to, to note that um, the kind of bit that happens overnight is what it should be during the day. But my blood pressure was dangerously high. 
uh, my GP said, you've, you've got a 20% chance in the next 12 months um, of having a heart attack or a stroke uh, or a sudden death event. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so as a result of that, the third thing that happened this year, the, the third thing that really challenged my, you know, how much peace do I really have, was that I was told all through this, to my, to my great pain and resistance that I couldn't go to work. I had to stop work. So I spent a week in June where I found myself six foot two and a half, uh, 14 stone man, father of four, in tears with a colleague at work, Gemma, uh, my GP, uh, my wife, and unfortunately my wife had her best friend Louise doing that weekend as well. So, um, so I realized that at that stage, there wasn't a lot of shalom peace. There was little emotional peace, and I was really disappointed with myself. And I met with Brian to pray just before he um, flew off for the summer. And um, he asked a really perceptive question to say, well, what is it that's really bothering you? And the true answer was that I thought I was bigger and better than this. And so what was the biggest peace destroyer? It wasn't the GMT investigation. It wasn't the high blood pressure. It wasn't being told I couldn't work, but it was pride. And uh, pride was what was destroying my peace. So I'm not alone in, destroy, in, in, in describing stress. I was tempted to use a Kendrick Lamar quote, but the language is fairly fruity. Um, so I'll go with Green Day, um, Billy Joe Armstrong. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me. It all keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid or am I stoned? And in 2018, earlier on this year, there was a 4,500 uh, Mental Health Foundation study that looked at stress in the UK. 74% of adults had felt stressed over the past 12 months to an extent where they felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. 32% had had suicidal thoughts in that context. And 16% of adults had stated that they'd self-harmed as a consequence of stress. So when we're talking about peace in the, in the, in the nativity uh, period, Jesus really has a lot to say about the peace that is the opposite of the world's stress. So the text from John that Brian mentioned two years ago, which we can now put up on the screen and get my blood pressure, which is much better now. Um, so, so it's from John. So I'll start a wee bit earlier. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. You've heard me tell you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you love me, you'd have rejoiced that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you may believe. I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. On the contrary, I am going away so that the world may know that I love the Father just as the Father commanded me, so I do. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives peace. So what's the difference between the peace that society gives? Um, so, so society gives you know, tranquility or freedom from stress in a myriad of ways law and order, life insurance, pension planning, education, a relationship, house improvements, holidays, new cars, new phones, Apple phones, Duncan, um, a new washing machine, a great Christmas, exercise, yoga, Pilates, and the list is endless. And although all these things can be good things to attain, none achieve the value of permanence that the shalom peace 
that Jesus is giving. Jesus is saying, I'm not giving you a peace um, that can be removed by an episode of high blood pressure. I'm not giving you a peace that can be removed by a failed exam or a failed relationship. I'm giving you a peace that is permanence, that is a covenant peace that I'm going to the Father to establish. I'm taking the, the brokenness in, the, in humans and I can make it into wholeness because I'm buying the price um, for your sin. Everything that separates you from God, I can bring you that peace, that peace that is a fullness of life. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you so much more than a life insurance policy, so much more than a robust car, a master's in business management, an ideal life partner, a sub-330 marathon. It's shalom, it's wholeness, it's a covenant, and it's forever, and it's a peace that a GMT investigation, a threat of job loss, insomnia, anxiety, and enormous blood pressure just cannot touch. So how can we embrace and be intentional um, about um, leaning into the peace, the shalom peace that Jesus provides? So I've outlined three sources of peace, and the first is, 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 the, is the peace that Scripture gives us rather than a society. So the, the societal tools for peace, total peace of mind, are man-made constructs. Don't worry about anything, but everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, some, some versions say, surpasses every understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a very different peace. That is a total peace of mind. And so the ordinance of that is really in terms of cultivating rhythms of peace. And this goes back to Brian and Kelly's messages from the last two years. Um, and it only comes if you develop a rhythm of God where you're spending time with him daily um, and a rhythm of a Sabbath rest. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may care for you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. And there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Keep it holy. So patterns of behavior where you intentionally take the rest he provides um, and bring your cares to the cross. In the passage in John, Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit that's, that, that comes to us as well. Um, and I quite often write the fruits of the Spirit down, underlining the ones that I think I'm lacking most of all. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ephesians talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, but the verb, and I'm not a, I'm not a Bible scholar, but the, the verb is a perfect imperative, so it's an active be being filled. So it's entirely reasonable to come to God every day to say, keep filling me with the fruits of the Spirit, um, keep filling me with, with the peace, the shalom peace of God that is the antidote to stress. So you're not going to walk into peace by accident. Um, I had a great week this week, and unbelievably, the shalom just hit me dead on Sunday. It's just not in the devil's interest. 1 Peter 5, verse 9, Be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Um, so this year, in our household, the central heating has broken almost 20 times in the past 12 months. The dishwasher broke, the washing machine broke, the car suspension broke, my blood pressure exploded, there were work issues, all at the same time as I'm trying to be a, a doctor who tells people about Jesus, an elder at a church that's trying to expand, um, a, good a good father, um, is it any surprise that the devil's prowling around looking for ways to derail my peace? 
someone I can emulate hugely with in the New Testament, I can go on to the next um, issue, is, uh, is Martha. You can substitute Martha for Russell in a lot of ways. While they were traveling, Jesus entered the village, and a woman called Martha welcomed into, into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister Mary has left me to serve alone? I'm making the food. I'm organizing the table. Food preparation would have taken a long time. Um, and we know that Jesus loved uh, Lazarus, uh, Martha, and the sister. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away. Now, I've always sided with Martha. Um, Martha brings Jesus in, serving him, making him food. And we know that Jesus, as I said, loved Martha. So what's with the Martha, Martha? Why not, actually, you make a good point. Uh, maybe, Mary, if you could just help out for half an hour, and then, then, then we can all coalesce together. And I always think that if Jesus came to Jordan Hill later on today, um, some people are saying he would never leave Highland. Um, <laughs> so if Jesus came to Jordan Hill, I would be the Martha putting the lasagna in the aga, don't judge me. <laughs> Filling out large flasks of water, maybe hoping for a redo of the water into wine miracle. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I, I suspect that my wife and kids are more likely to be, well, the kids would be saying, let's play Fortnite. But the, <laughs> the rest of my family are far more likely to say, well, actually, we've got the savior of the, of the world here. Let's not be distracted with business. Let's look to what he can say to us. So back to pride. And the question that I had to ask myself is, wh why was I so busy? Why, why am I always trying to do good or make myself look good? And in essence, I found that opportunities had begun to feel like obligations. Calvin, you get a, you get a quote from Green Day and a quote from Calvin. Um, <laughs> Calvin states that the human heart is a thick forest of thorns and the cares of this world and busyness can ride up. And so when you're increasingly busy and you're beginning to people please, that's really a form of narcissism and pride. So I was looking a huge number of times really to do things because I felt obligated to, and I didn't want to let anyone down because I wanted to look good. Um, I thought I was bigger and better than that, as I said to Brian. I realized that, for me, a source of many of the busy things that I was doing um, was pride. And again, you look at the New Testament and you look at Jesus, Jesus who spent 30 years in training and three years in ministry. Um, and what, what's the difference between me and Jesus? What, one of the many differences is that Jesus knew exactly what the will of the Father was. From Mark, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and he was praying there. Simon and his companions were searching for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. So this is a man who had inexorable demands on his time. He was a healer. He could do miracles. His words were, you know, they couldn't believe where he got his teaching from. So there was a huge capacity for him to be phenomenally busy, and yet he was in, in a deserted place praying. And so what does he say to the disciples? Listen, let's go to the neighboring villages so that I can preach there too. This is why I have come. So he went into all of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus knew exactly what it was God wanted him to do. He had the, he had the rhythms of Sabbath, the, the rhythms of um, prayer. He had his deserted place habits so that he knew that this was what God wanted him to do. And so many of us never rest or never learn to absorb the shalom peace um, because we're still trying to impress our parents 
our ex-girlfriend, our cricket coach, um, our physics teacher, our rugby coach, all of the above, Russell, perhaps, um, rather than try and align ourselves with Jesus. And so if I'd realized in that moment when I was with, when everything had crumbled, that actually it didn't, mat- it didn't matter that I wasn't bigger or better than this because I had a Jesus who had died for me to make me whole with God and that that was the source of peace that none of the earthly constructs were able to provide. There's a brilliant book um, called Crazy Busy by a guy called Kevin DeYoung that my best man, when I told him all of this, uh, bought me and sent to me. And in page 14, so this is a man who describes himself as, he meets his friends every year, how you doing, Kevin? Well, he's American. How are you doing, Kevin? And it, busy as always. And he said he realized that he was people-pleasing. He'd been encapsulated in pride. And he said, listen, I've, I've missed too many quiet times. I've been too impatient with my kids. I've taken my wife for granted and fed important relationships with leftovers. I've been too busy to pursue God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. So he too was distracted, stressed, and stretched. A Martha, a sultan of stress, but there is a prince of peace. Um, and at one point through all of this, um, this is, um, so I, I'd written my diary, I am the Sultan of Stress. I, f- I, f- I found out that one of our friends called me Dr. Stress, which I was pretty annoyed with at, at first, but then realized that it's actually very accurate. So challenges, um, the challenges for this week. So peace and the shalom peace and lead, leading into these rhythms won't happen instantaneously. So is your source of peace the eternal God or is it a substitute? Are you leaning on your education or a relationship? Or are you leaning on the things that you've achieved? Or do you think you're bigger and better than this? And actually you're ignoring the fact that you've got a perfect saviour who has died so that you might have life in all its fullness. And is there a rhythm or rhythms of peace that you need to cultivate increasingly? Um, A Sabbath, your devotion. I suspect for all of us at all times that we all need to refocus and recultivate all of these habits because the devil's prowling around looking to derail um, these rhythms of peace. And what are your personal peace destroyers? I've been very honest and I've told you about um, my problem with pride. Um, but for other people, it may be other things. Um, and consider reading Crazy Busy. I know we often mention books and teaching, but it's, it's short, it's succinct, uh, and it's an ideal stocking filler. When you think about um, peace, and I've spoken about my experience, um, I've always been totally struck by Horatio Spafford. So Horatio Spafford uh, was an American who, um, it's a famous story, some of you will will be aware of it. um, He'd had a hard life already, so one of his his first son died age two. He had four daughters and was a lawyer in Chicago. In 1871, there was a great fire of Chicago, and that pretty much ruined his legal practice. And then two years later, in 1873, there was another economic downturn in Chicago and his legal practice went down even further. So he did what all good Americans did at that stage and planned to move over to Europe. And tragically, he booked a berth for him and his wife and four kids to go on the SS Ville du Havre, which was a boat going over. At the last minute, he decided to just wrap up some, some financial uh, deals uh, and some work. And so his wife and four daughters went, went on by themselves the boat um, collided with the Loch Ern and all four of his daughters died. His wife alone survived and sent him the famous telegram, Saved Alone. And as he travelled um, 
on the sea to go and meet his grieving wife, he wrote the hymn, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. He really understood what the covenant fullness of the shalom peace was within his soul at a time when he must have been absolutely devastated. So we know that whatever the circumstances, it is possible when we know the Son who's given to us, our wonderful God, our eternal Master, and our Prince of Peace. 